This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How are you? As you're listening to this, probably, hopefully, in your homes or, I guess, maybe walking the dog. Um, Spencer, what what have you been doing to occupy your time? Working. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> like, I'm working. My my, uh, my firm is, like, 100% work from home now. So oh, that's, good. that's what I've been doing. And then... And I've been watching more film and taking up, or rather retaking up uh, Python. So, what is Python? Uh, coding. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. For yeah, I started last year, okay. and then I stopped and thought, like, if I'm not commuting over an hour both ways, why not use that time productively? I love or more it. productively, I guess. So. Um, I, I've been playing a lot of, uh, by the way, uh, the guest today, in case you can't tell, he's such a regular now. I don't even consider you a guest, uh, Spencer Perlman draft extraordinaire, formerly of the Phoenix suns, uh, of the Stepian. uh, what else should be working for an NBA team already, but people are stupid. Uh, I mean, the whole. I mean, it's not even that. Like the coronavirus has thrown a massive wrench into stuff I had been working on. But so, well, let's start oh. there because, like, I mean, look, there's no shortage of every any person listening to this is has some if they haven't had their lives drastically affected, um, something is wrong. But your your entire industry, the, the, like the, the scouting industry. Like there, this was not that this was supposed to be like the biggest time, but like there was going to be a lot of work for you to do over the next several months, right? Yes and no. So I'll start with no, because at this point in the season, you're really not going to have someone who's going to go from like the 20th overall pick to, you know, a top five pick um, because the, you know, the sample size, would you rather trust something that's, 30 games or something that's, you know, between two and four. Unless, of course, it's something like Kemba, but even Kemba, when he was at UConn, had a killer regular season two and then a killer uh, conference playoffs or whatever, the conference tournament and then the NCAA. Um, but, yeah, so I'd say no because the sample size is going to be smaller and just kind of hard to make that big of a dent in small in a fewer in fewer amount of games. But then, yes, because the competition's better. Um, and, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the with the combines like those were hugely important because you get all the athletic testing and um you know you have weeks and weeks of bringing in prospects for the workouts and now you have who knows like do you even have time to bring anyone in will they let you bring anyone in can you have only uh, individual workouts like i don't know i'm i'm trying to think of because i feel like everything any anytime um either like there's a rule change or some some aspect of the status quo is upended it is it's either it, i feel like it doesn't always benefit the smart teams like yes smart teams will learn quicker how to navigate different differences mm-hmm. but at the same time like and and i'm i'm not you know there's no secret what I'm going for here. Like the Knicks apparently two years ago decided to draft Kevin Knox because, and look, Kevin Knox may 
wind up being great. I'm still high on him, but like they they drafted him ostensibly because of a workout um, that wowed uh, David Fisdale. Um, like, will will the lack of information now like save more teams from themselves? I don't I don't know. Um, or were good teams getting a lot out of let's say like the one-on-one interviews that would take place at the combine and like did teams are there any teams out there that have really like mastered that process that now won't get that advantage so i don't don't know um i I don't know that i have a strong feeling one way or the other but just something that's been on my mind it might save them from some teams like i think you know going back to the knox example i'm pretty sure if they could redo it they wouldn't pick them then (laughs) you think so yeah, could benefit some teams, but then someone like Cole Anthony, who's who's had a rough season, he's someone who I actually think could have gone off with the individual workouts, and I think he also would have done really well in the uh, the interviews as well. So yeah, I mean, so and look, maybe so again, there, as with any literally any conversation anyone has about anything in the entire world right now, there are too many variables to definitively be like, oh, this is this is how this thing is going to go. But yeah, I don't, yeah, we'll see. Um, so yeah, it sucks all around. Um, but, uh, we still want to think about this stuff because at some point there is going to be a draft and, um, (laughs) there's not much better to talk about at the moment. So let's talk about this. Um, before we get into today's, uh, little, little game that we came up with, um, Sam Vecini and, uh, Jonathan Wasserman, who are like the two, I guess highest profile draft Knicks other than um I guess Mike Schmitz. Uh both released mock drafts in the last twenty four hours. Um I took a look at them, you took a look at them. Uh nothing did anything really jump out from either of these as like shocking to you or surprising even? In terms of positioning, like where players are going, I mean Wasserman was it Wasserman? No, I think Vassini had uh, I have them both up. So if you Lewis, have a question, yeah, yeah. So Vicini had Lewis at twenty four, um, and Wasserman had I, him, I think, at fifteen. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's much closer to fifteen than he is twenty four, just based on what I've heard. So uh, let's let's then, stay with that for a half a second because he's a player of interest, certainly for the Knicks. Uh, Vicini seemed to ding him basically on. He seemed like he was. He, I don't think he said it in as many words, but he basically was like, he's based on his turnovers. Um, Mm -hmm. he's like not, and his, and his weight, which again, we've talked about a few times that he, you have, you heard from his trainer, he's closer to 180, not 170. Um, like he's not a, he makes him out to be like, he's not a real point guard because he's going to have trouble defending the position. And he's also like, he turns it over too much. And you, do you, you disagree with that? I guess. Uh, I mean, the turnovers, I agree with, um, the shooting, he said, like he's not really much of a pull-up shooter, which is that's fine. But like you're not saying what they are now; you're projecting what they're gonna be. So if he's hit, you know, whatever, say forty percent. I mean, I can go back to my scouting report, but I'm too lazy to do that now. If he hits X amount of percentage, like in college, in the cr- in cramped spaces, you know, who cares if he's getting to his spots and if he's hitting them, if he looks consistent, uh, shooting them, going both ways, which he has. That's the important thing. Um, and like, I don't know how you can say he can't defend his position. Like he was a good pick and roll defender and a point guard. That's probably your number one, aside from obviously keeping the guy in front of you, but that's your number one, um, goal. And, you know, considering how many pick and rolls are run every game and to have that skill, that's, that's huge. But I mean, he's, he's right with the, with the finishing, um, the passing, he's not a great passer, but I mean, neither is Russell Westbrook. Like he's his vision is not great, but because of the amounts of the amount of rim pressure he puts on, and just his ability to collapse the rim by getting into the paint or collapse the defense by getting into the paint, Lewis has that ability. Like he's not the same athlete as Westbrook is. I'm not saying that. I'm saying his ability to just get into the paint and force defenders to come. That's going to open up a lot of easy kickouts, which he can make, and he can make live action passes with either hand, which not even Killian can do. And you know, everyone knows how I feel about Killian. Love Killian. Yeah. And um, before we get to, we'll, we'll hit their respective tops of the boards. But before we, we do that, um, one, one guy who uh, it, it has, did not get to the rim uh, this year 
and it affected where uh, again both of these guys have him mocked. Um, Nico Mannion, um, we we were just talking about him a second ago, but I wanted to hit on him because he's someone we've talked about before. Um, Was uh, or uh, Vicini had him at twenty seven. Wasserman had him at uh, twenty. Uh, where is he? Wasserman had him at twenty. How low did he? No, sorry. Maybe I'm. Maybe he's a little higher than I thought. Oh, 22. So both have him in the 20s. This is a guy who I think for most of the year was like kind of in the low end of the top 10 because, as we talked about many months ago, his projection as a shooter, um, the shooting tailed off and like nothing else. Like, how would you put it? Like, nothing else really popped. Like, what? Is is this basically what I'm asking? Is this an accurate projection for where Mannion's probably going to go? Because I I liked him from what I saw early on. I think so, just because again it's the projection, and he had some issues this year finishing. Uh, like I, I, I'll pull it up actually in a sec. Um, but yeah, the finishing of the paint wasn't very good. Um, and who is he defending? Like that's I guess my biggest question because he's thin. Uh, and he's not particularly physical. Like he's a little chippy, but he's not someone who's like he's not someone who like Trey Jones. Like you know, I'm doing my report on him. You see him; he's he's pretty physical for someone his size. Sure, Nico's yeah. not that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I think the shot is definitely a lot better than what it has been this year. Um, hold on, getting I, the uh, stats right now. I would, um, and then. I would steal him in the first if if he was there with the with the Clippers pick. I would again, and I think one of them said this: like he's got good feel, he's unselfish. Mm -hmm. The shot projects. I'm like like if you're giving me that skill package in the bottom of this first round, I I don't know. I I probably take my chance. So you ready for some stats? Yes, thirty five percent at the rim uh, in the half court. That's not great. No, that's I actually think that's the lowest I've seen before that. It might have been uh Trey was forty four percent. I think Lewis was around forty eight. Um which I mean those are bad, but then you his mid range numbers, nine of twenty from the left side in mid range, five of twelve, sorry, six of twelve from the top of the key from like, you know, the the above the break area, and then five of fourteen from the right side. So he can definitely hit pull up jump shots. Like that's not an issue, it's just He's small and he's not going to put much pressure on the rim, but he's a good passer and the shot's better. But. Yeah. It's like at that point, and again, at that point in the draft, like you're just, I mean, look, sure. If there's an opportunity to get on a guy who like might hit in a really big way, like again, Wasserman has mm-hmm. Theo Maladon, who I, I think you feel has a considerably higher ceiling, um, like one pick ahead of Nico. So I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see who's, who might be I mean, available. <laughs> Where did Vecini have? Uh, I mean, Maladon. I'm like, okay, with he, I think he's he's probably a little bit safer, maybe than Nico because he's a bit bigger. He has more positional versatility, and like he's he's another good passer, and he's he's an awesome finisher in the paint, like awesome. Um, yeah, this I, this is false. Like he's <laughs> he has good speed and quick burst laterally. That's not true. The last time Vecini mentioned Maladon, he said that he's a good athlete. He's not a good athlete, and pretty much all of draft Twitter and like everyone who pays attention sees that. But I like Sam. Sam's very nice. Um, I just, I disagree with the emphasis in part. <laughs> it's, uh, listen, we don't want to start any fights out here. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the big takeaway from looking at both of these and just, you know, paying attention to what's out there. It, it seems at this point that there is a consensus, like top eight, nine, 10 ish. Like, we know Edwards is going to be there. We know Ball's going to be there. We know Denny's going to be there. Wiseman, some someone's going to take him. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm trying to. Maybe it's maybe like Cole Anthony's not falling out of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Hayes not falling out of the top ten. You know, and then you start did talking. You, about, did you say Obi? I so that so here's that before we get again get into our little exercise. So Vicini has Obi fifth, and Was has Obi. Uh, where is he? Four. He's four. four. Yeah. And I know you're low on him because of we, I, because you are you, and you value certain things that maybe not everybody values as highly. <laughs> I'm more with you. Uh, most people probably are not. Um, 
I mean, a guy could score uh, really. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's a good passer, too. Yeah, I guess he's he's up there, too. Um, all right. So we'll we'll throw Obi in there as well. And then Okongu, like, again, I can't see Okongu falling out of the top 10. Maybe Okoro's the guy that, like, if he dropped out of the top, would it shock you if Okoro dropped out of the top 10? Not really. Uh, I mean, he's someone who I actually think maybe not getting measured helps him a little bit because I don't think his wingspan is particularly long. Like, okay. I think it was like six, seven or so. Um, See, but again, then, that's a stupid reason. The guy showed he's one of the best defenders in college basketball. Like, yeah, no, like, but he also had the broken shot too. Oh yeah, like I, I think the shot's going to be fine in catch and shoot situations. Jeez, going forward. Um, but I mean, I'm not the one making the decision, so you know. We've seen how much wingspan matters to certain teams and yeah. dropping players, you know, for not being able to shoot. And like he has two marks against against him because of the wingspan and the shooting. That's fair. Um well, in any case, uh I've just rattled off nine guys, and that was without even mentioning Halliburton, who, you know, a lot of people obviously like. Um uh what's his face? Maxi, we've talked about. Um RJ Hampton, who, you know, we'll see. Um, I, the point is like, wherever the next Knicks end up in this thing, like, you know, unless you're in love with ball, like should Nick, should Nick fans really be that concerned with where this pick ends up? I, I, me personally, I'm not, but maybe I'm the idiot, idiot. So who knows? No, because I think you can get a, uh, what's it called? You can get a, a good pick value wise, regardless of, uh, of where you're picking. Like, you know, I think it's probably easier to out to overplay the value of a late to mid to late lottery pick than it is for someone in the top two or three. Yeah. Unless, of course, they, they hit, then then they hit. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and, but again, it's like, that's the thing is like, I, I have no, and I, I know a tenth about as much as you do, but it just, my perception is that the chances that a guy like Hayes or Cole Anthony um, or even like Okoro, if he figures out the shot, like the chances that those guys hit in a big way is not discernibly different from a Wiseman or a, a ball. Like again, if he doesn't figure out the shot or an Anthony Edwards, if he's like, you know, all if he leans into his worst qualities, the one guy that I have a feeling I'm going to be like, wishing um is on the Knicks and he and maybe they'll fall too far to take him um is Denny. I'm starting to really like Denny. Um let's you know what let's let's I keep mentioning this thing that we're gonna do so let's actually do it. So I, I texted you the other night and I was like um let's go through like three or four I think we'll probably we could probably just do it at three because I of well when I explain it it'll make sense. But three different like ways that the draft could play out for the Knicks where we'll start by like with like, okay, with their first pick, they draft either a player in particular or like a player archetype, for instance, a point guard. And then if they do that with their first pick, like what would be the two like most complimentary picks that they could make with their late first round selection and then their early second round selection that they're going to have from um, Charlotte. Um, the the caveat to this, and which I think it'll make it at least a little bit interesting, is let's, for the purposes of this exercise, assume that um, Leon Rose does what um, I know a lot of us hopes uh, hope that he does, which is really... <laughs> I, I'm I say that with as little conviction as as a person could have. Um, really leans into the youth. Um, and I whether you were going to say hire me, <laughs> well, that, well, yeah. But if he does that, then I'm getting what I want because what I want is really lean into the youth. Um, and basically be like, all right, we'll pick, you know, whether it's Bullock and Ellington or Bullock and Taj or Ellington and Taj, like whoever, a couple of veterans that like makes sense in terms of what they bring to the floor. I mean, Bullock and Ellington are probably the two that stand out because they could both shoot. And this, that's what this team is most, you know, sorely lacking. And everybody else who gets playing time is like a young player. Um, 
you know, maybe we, you know, we get, we get a little, little kinky, um, and, and sign, uh, uh, you know, Gallo to a one year deal or something. Um, maybe they bring in like a Christian Wood or, or whatever, but like for the most part, we're talking about a scenario where it's like the bulk of the playing time is going to be going to RJ and Mitch, Frank, um, who am I forgetting? Knox, um, Iggy still exists. And like the three kids that they draft in like this year. Um, and, and then, you know, like I said, maybe some, some shooting. So let's start with Denny. Um, let's say the Knicks get Denny with the, let's see. They wouldn't take him at, they wouldn't take him at one. I don't think they'd take him at two. They'd probably, if they got the third pick and Ball and Anthony Edwards were off the board, you think they'd take him? Yeah, I mean, I guess him or Killian. I bet you if they were going to take a foreign. Oh, actually, I don't know. I mean, we could do both of them. We could say, let's, let's, well, let's, see, let's yeah, let's, let's do Denny. Let's do Denny first. So, right. Nick's at the third pick. They take uh, Denny of, of Deja. Um, and so he will slot in next season as their starting forward. Uh, yeah, I, what would be what would be my? I'm trying to think what would what would I want them to do if they got if they had Denny? I would want them to trot out a starting lineup on opening night of Frank RJ. Frank, no, Frank, a shooter, pick a shooter, whatever. Dotson, if they resign him, Ellington, Bullock, RJ, Denny, and Mitch. So, what are you doing with Julius then? He's uh he is still in quarantine. <laughs> okay. Um so let's say Frank Shooter RJ. So you'd start Denny at the four. I'm okay doing that. I think he might need some help. That's a pretty thin front court with him and Mitch. Like I can see them being overpowered, but I'm not against it. So we'll go from there. Uh so the so tail end of the so their next pick is at twenty seven. In your yeah. in your perfect yet also realistic world. What player do you, would you take if you were the Knicks in that scenario to try to further round out the core? Further round out the core around 27 or so. Um, within the within the relative bounds of, of, of reason. Right. Um, this is your job interview. Leon Rose is listening to this podcast. I'm telling you, he is. All right. Uh, let's say take Tyler Bay. Um, I was just looking at that name. How did I know you were going to say that? Okay, talk to me about Tyler yeah. Bay, small forward out of uh, Colorado, Colorado. Uh, older yep. player, twenty-two years old. Yeah, um, he's a smart defensive player. Some similarities to um, Andre Roberson, except his shot isn't broken. He just doesn't shoot very much. It's weird. You actually watch some of Colorado stuff, and they're running baseline. Um, off screen plays for him and he's catching and shooting and actually hitting some of them. Um, he's aggressive in the paint. Um, he can finish pretty well, uh, but it's really the defense. And if you, like, you can run some pretty cool small ball lineups with Frank, let's say, down at the two, RJ at the three. No, I guess that wouldn't be happening. Um, you could run Frank at the one, RJ at the two, um, and then Denny and Tyler Bay at the three and the four, and then Mitch. And assuming Tyler Bay's shot is like 40%, something like that from this. Yeah, one, I mean, so he took 33s this year, 40%. Um, but assuming RJ's shot continues to improve, assuming assuming Denny's catch-and-shoot numbers stay where they are, which are somewhere around 39%, 40%, um, and if Frank's shot keeps going, that could be a fun team that could really push the pace. And, you know, you could switch a lot on defense, too. How – Tyler? so Tyler Bay, as he's, he's older. What – Not forget about – two or three or five or whatever years from now, like of, if you had to rank, this is an unfair question, but give me a rough estimate. If you had to rank everybody who's going to get drafted in terms of how good they are today, how high would Tyler Bay be? He'd probably be somewhere in the twenties. Um, like he's, he's skilled. I don't think he's skilled as much as he is. He's a smart player. Uh, he's not someone who really went dribbling very much. So obviously when you're ranking somebody you want, you're taking into consideration the skills that they have. And I don't think he's that skilled, but he has a good understanding for the game. Um, he plays actually a little bit bigger than his size. Like he played 
pretty much power forward and center, some center at least, this entire season for Colorado. So he's constantly being matched up against guys bigger than them. Um, but he's he's like an energy guy who who you're comfortable taking in the late first, knowing that like, you know, there's some risk with him because he's not a shooter. But if you look at the form, if you look at his free throw percentages, there's reason to buy the shot. So if he becomes a 35% shooter, um, he, he's definitely going to be worth, you know, the 27, 28th pick. I like. I, I just don't really think he's like that. That skill. Yeah, but again, if he, you know, big air quotes, if he plays the right way and he plays hard and he could already do some stuff, which he he obviously can. Guy averages seventeen points yeah. a game and eleven rebounds. Like that, you know, I'll I'll, I'll go there. Um, okay, uh, next pick, uh, final final pick, the thirty sixth pick in the draft. No. Sorry, that's oh, I'm sorry. That's the pick that we traded away to Philadelphia for uh fuck what? Uh I'm gonna look that up actually. It, no, we have the thirty eighth pick in the draft. Um gimme give, give me someone that you'd you'd wanna round out this version of the Knicks draft. Uh all right. Um right, I'm gonna say Carlos Ellison. <laughs> I have um, never heard that name before in my life. Who is oh, come Carlos on, I wrote my Ellison? scattering report. You, oh, you wait, hold on. Scatter- yeah. Wait, hold on. Um, it's that turn. I'm just playing around. Um, no, I read them all, but the name doesn't stand out. He plays for uh, Zarazoga over in oh, Spain. Oh, the foreign kid. The po- yeah. He's a point guard. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I read that scouting report. Yeah, but he, oh, I know why I didn't think of him because he's not on anybody's mocks because mm-hmm. he is he definitely – Coming. I mean, he's a stash guy, but when, so I think talent wise, he's easily like, if you were, if you, if you were to say, you know, my contract ends, I'm coming over this year, he'd be a lotto pick probably. Like, I think he's, I think he's that skilled. He is pretty much on Lamello's level, maybe slightly below in terms of passing, but he is an absolutely elite passer. Um, he's a pretty good defender. He's a little thin. He's not a great finisher, but he's, got projectable shot and just the passing and with the second round pick, if I'm going to use it on someone, um, why not use it on someone who has the potential to be like an incredibly impactful passer and someone who can really set guys up and someone who's going to probably be able to outplay his value. You know, if he's able to come over before the, uh, before it was the four year time period, I think before he needs to sign him to the mid-level ish, like before he needs to use it, sign him into cap space. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just think he's easily worth the risk. I, I won't keep the same guys for each time just because then it's no fun. <laughs> but for, for this, uh, for this iteration, I'll do that. Okay. Carlos Ellison. Yeah. Um, by the way, for those wondering the, um, the Knicks own pick in the second round, uh, was traded away. It's so this is why it all, it all works out in the end. So the Knicks are supposed to have the 36 pick in this, in the second round, they traded it away five years ago for, um, it was one of two picks they traded away to get Willie Hernan Gomez. Um, who, um, the Knicks then traded to Charlotte and in exchange for him got two. Charlotte second round picks. It is very, very likely that the literally the the exact two picks that the Knicks traded away to get Hernan Gomez will be like within one or two spots in both years of the two picks that they got for Hernan Gomez. What are the odds? You can't write this shit in this in the same two drafts, mind you. Um, Okay, so before we move on to our next uh, uh, version of the draft, we have uh, I'm going to answer one of these questions after each time we do one of these little little things uh this is from ty who i guess is a friend of yours on twitter yeah he's one of my best friends i've known him since 2011 so like we we went to school together oh okay he he asks three questions and we're going to answer the first one now who can do more consecutive push-ups you or sk perlman um i'll answer this first so before the Knicks year started before their season started i was getting up at uh uh like basically 10, 15 minutes early every morning and doing um, like a, a little little workout um, before I started my day. And I got up to 50 consecutive push-ups. 
and then the next season started and then I stopped sleeping and um I I I don't know what the answer is right now. Um it's if I had to bet I would say it's probably in the high 20s. So w- what is your answer? I mean if you're getting high 20s that's going to push me. Uh I'm probably topping at around 30 or so. I don't really do that many push-ups. Like I like when I was lifting I would just like, you know, bench once or twice a week. I for, for the record. Yeah, but it's easier for me to do push-ups cuz I'm I'm smaller. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it depends. Are we taking into consideration arm length and stuff like that? Like, you know. Listen, the, the yeah, question I mean, is <laughs> the question is who could do more push-ups. So I'm I'm gonna I'll give this one to you. I'm gonna yeah, I was about to say I'm gonna take I, this I'll one. Give the push-ups, yeah. Um yeah. and I oh, I just looked at the next question. I, I can't wait to get to that. So let's do <sighs> version two. <laughs> let's do version two. Um so by by the way, in the let's just also say in the version of the draft that you just did considering our, the only point guard prospect that we took is not someone who's going to be playing for a while. We're basically giving Frank the reins at point guard this year and saying, fucking go. It's all you. Oh, that was the question. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I can see a signing of that though also. And then not having like the full on Jared Jack type thing where he's getting all the minutes. Or maybe um, like the, what it should have been where it's an inverted Jared Jack thing where the yeah. Jared Jack person is getting like 15 minutes a game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd sign up for that. Um, happily. Um, the other, the other kind of the thing that I would like about that is it would force them probably to run more offense through RJ next year, which would be incredibly painful, but also theoretically if done the right way, productive for the long run and it mm-hmm. would further help their draft position for um Kate Cunningham. Um just just throwing it out there. All right, ver- version 2 of the draft, the the Knicks take a, a point guard with their first pick. And do you think it's necessary to like I I don't think like does it matter like does it matter which point guard they take? If they take a point guard, it's like they take a point guard. It, it doesn't really make a difference to me who yeah, I don't think it really matters. Okay. So, whatever. Pick your point guard. LaMelo, Cole Anthony. Um, same question. We get down to the 27th pick. Um, trying, trying to switch it up, trying to have some variety in our life here. Who would be your your ideal pick in this in this situation? Uh, I'd probably go with... Uh, I'd, I mean, I, both of those guys, I'd really want someone who can run off screens. Okay. Um, so instead, we'll go with Isaiah Joe. Isaiah, there's somebody in this draft with the last name Joe. Yeah, I don't know. He has two first names, so it might be a little bit hard to trust him. But <laughs> he's a uh, he's good. He's- Shooting guard, Arkansas. I'm just learning about Isaiah Joe right now. Talk to me about Isaiah Joe. Uh and so in terms of shot selection, he is. He's very NBA ready. Like he's very Maury, um, very three point heavy than at the rim. Uh, he's a very, he's not a very good yet three point shooter off movement, but he has that skill. Um, I know Cole Swicker actually loved him earlier this season and then he got up to the slow start. And then he was injured for a little bit. Um, but like he's taking 10 threes a game on 34% last year. He was eight threes a game on 41%. He's, he's a legitimately good shooter. Um, and like, you you know, around someone like RJ to give him maybe a little bit more space to drive and someone like Mitch, who's going to need some space to go for lobs. Although I guess he really doesn't need that much. Um, Joe would provide a lot of horizontal gravity, like true, true, way more than just stationary. Like he's running hard off two screens, elevator screen, stuff like that. Um, can he, can he play any defense? He's more an offensive player we'll say now but (laughs) that is the kindest deflection of that question i've ever heard (laughs) he's not a c on defense either like he's not someone who's just going to take plays off consistently um it's just not like a super it's not a strong like he's someone who's really just going to run off screens he's mainly an offensive player at the moment all right sounds like you're describing the the archetype of of wayne ellington um which is bigger and more athletic Oh, okay. I like that. I'm I'm all for that. I mean, um, if you want a like, comparison, 
is similar, I guess, in some ways to um, to Contavious Caldwell Pope, just not as built. And um, I think he's actually a good deal ahead of where KCP was coming at as a shooter off movement. Okay. So like that, like he's he's potentially a three D guy. Uh, yeah. Well, that's encouraging that we may be able to get him. Um, okay, so we got Ball, we got Joe. Ball and Joe, too, too, too good way to start off the draft. Um, who give me someone else for the the thirty eighth pick in in this scenario? So what do we what do we still need here? We need um, we probably need a big of some kind, like yeah. a, a someone who could play yeah. like the four, maybe a stretch four or something like that. I got one. Yeah. Um. So he's not a stretch four yet, but there's some reason to think he could become one, and that's Paul Reed. Uh, I talked about him on Twitter a few times. I think I probably mentioned him actually to you and I have a scouting report that has been sitting in my like PDFs basically for the last month uh, that is done. I actually need to put it out. Um, but assuming the Knicks bring back Taj Gibson, there is nobody who I would want mentoring Paul Reed pretty much more than Taj. Like I think he's someone who you can slot in as a rotation player uh, just going forward for the next, you know, eight years. Um, not a very good shooter. He has some form stuff to foreign form stuff to work on, but he's a good defender. He's a good passer. Um, he's a team guy. He has to work a little bit on his shot selection. His handle can get a little bit loose, but I mean, you get you get a defender, and I think there's some room for uh, for him as a shooter. So I like it. I gotta go with him. Uh, any listen, any excuse for me to keep Taj Gibson on this team for another season, I'm I'm here for. Um, just, just even though it probably doesn't make a ton of sense, but whatever, I don't really give a shit. Um, okay. Um, but just really quickly, breaking yes. news: Todd Gurley was just released. Is that is that a shock? Am I supposed to be? Am I should I be shocked with that? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm shocked, but. I'm also not huge into football as I am basketball. I like football, but like, oof, wow. The only, like I, I am, I had him. No, I didn't have him on any fantasy teams this year. I had him in a dynasty league for, I think three straight years. Um, and I, whenever I hear about someone getting released in the NFL, I always just think about like, um, dead money on the cap. And that would be, yeah. you know, he signed like a mammoth contract. I just, I'd be curious how much dead money there was. Um, yeah, on the cap, but yeah, whatever. Um, okay, I'm very, very. This is probably the the question I'm most excited to to answer from Ty. Um, if you were a ghost, who would you haunt and why? Um, can I can I give you this one first? Yeah, uh, I don't have really a person other than myself, and this is going to be very. Wait, what? What do you mean? You. Other yes. than yourself? Yeah, you would haunt no, your. I would, I would haunt myself and like, I guess, scare me to, or not scare me, just to like get me to do a little bit more. Uh, like, give myself hints, like you know, you want to take more analytics classes, you want to do X, Y, and Z. Like, haunt me, put fear into myself, so I can learn more skills, so I'm better than I am today. You have just, there you go. you've like, <laughs> you've just like bastardized. The Christmas Carol. Is Christmas Carol is that the that's the one where the three ghosts come back and they try and they change. Uh, yeah, something sc- like that. Scrooge. Scro- no, it's not Scrooge. That's I'm thinking of Scrooge McDuck. Oh, is it Scrooge? Oh, I thought it was Ebenezer Scrooge. There it is. Yeah. Yes. See, I know things. Um, <laughs> if I was a ghost, who would I haunt and why? Um, well, if I was a ghost, that would mean I'd be dead. Um, and my wife would still be here. Would I want to haunt my wife? That would, that would probably be mean though, right? I think it would be a little bit mean. Um, but I mean, I'm also the one haunting myself. So I guess in a certain level, it's mean to me. You're, you're all over the place here with this. Um, (laughs) no, I would haunt, um, I would haunt my friend, Aaron, uh, who probably will not listen to this and I have no reason I have no explanation for that other than to say that I think he would get really freaked out and I would find it really, really funny. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's who I would, that's who I would haunt. Um, or I would haunt Julius Randle and into, um, <laughs> doing, 
And so, like, I, could I could a ghost convince Julius Randle not to do that spin move anymore? Maybe. I don't know. I think so. I mean, if you, between that and then showing um, Budum's video of all the turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> which apparently. I just have it show up on his computer every single time he opens it. Which apparently he's, Randall saw and uh, yeah. didn't care for. Uh, let's let's finish up uh, this this bad boy. So what? Let's see. So we we've gone through potential Knicks draft where they draft the point guard. We've gone through where they draft Denny. Um, what what would be the most useful? You know what? Let's let's have a little. Let's be a little crazy. Um, let's draft Okungwu with our last. Um, our last. I scenario. thought you were going to say Edwards. Okay. You know what? I, I don't. I'm, I'm. I'm trying to. I don't want Edwards. I'm sorry. Okay. I just, well, you, Okay. Fine. You know what? Let's do that quickly. So they. Dra- so Knicks get the first pick or second pick, whatever. They draft Anthony Edwards. At that point, you are going. So that would be really. That would be really. I don't know how that. Would, here's why I don't want that. You'd have Anthony Edwards and R.J. Barrett, two guys who I just—I think you said this on this pod several months ago. Like I don't—I don't see them together. It's a hard fit, but yeah, it, it is a hard fit. Because and and like that's your two and your three. Like you're all in mm-hmm. on those two guys. That's your two and your three for the next whatever ten years. Okay. You also have Mitch. So none like you need. What do you need to make those three players? work together um what like functionally um it sure <laughs> sure shit ain't julius randall <laughs> i know yeah, I know. you need spacing four and then some i guess like another guard who can consistently get into the paint okay so would in this scenario would would poku be i've, I've just been waiting to say his name um would would poku yeah. be your ideal pick at 27 if he fell that far although he probably won't yeah yeah, I mean, if he fell that far, absolutely. I would, I would definitely pick him. And then... Um, Maybe a so guard. Then you have, yeah, I was thinking point guard then with the next one. Uh, shit. Uh, You're on the clock. The card has to go in. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. Uh, um, I'm going to... What about Cassius Winston? With, I was actually going to say Trey Jones. Would he fall that far? I think he will. Really? I think he could. Yeah, I think he can fall into the thirties, just wow. because I think the replacement, like the value for backup point guards, you can get a backup point guard pretty much. Not, you know, it's not super super easy, but it's a lot easier to find one. And he doesn't really have any outlier so skills. Re- real, real quickly, what can't Trey Jones do, or what? What? Let me rephrase that. What won't he ever be able to do that would preclude him from going higher in this draft? Uh, I mean, I think he's he's another pretty, maybe not strict one position defender, but he's someone who I pretty much only trust defending point guards full time. Um, the finishing, he's not a good finisher and he's not like a movement shooter and the shooting in general is a question. Um, but I mean, in the 30s, if I'm well, like he shot 30 something high 30s from three this year. Um, he's He's a smart player. He's. Like I said in the draft chat yesterday, he's basically the Alex Smith of point guards. Like he's a game manager, <laughs> which like, I love it. I, I think I, I think that's that's fine. And like he's competitive. He's yeah, not going to the Knicks plays need off. that. Like they didn't have that's if like if there's one thing that the Knicks need like more than anything is more fucking guys like mm-hmm. that and and guys like yeah. that who are actually empowered to like be unselfish and not have it come back to bite them in the ass to the point where it's like, oh, wait, if I'm unselfish on this team, I'm never going to get to see the fucking ball. Um, yeah, like, I mean, you saw it last year. Last year he played with RJ, who was shooting, what, eight times a game or something like that, if that. Yeah. Like, he's perfectly fine playing the fourth and fifth role and just getting everyone in position on offense and defense and, excuse me, making the right reads and, like, just playing that that role, just kind of getting everyone going. Now, managing the game, managing the flow. I think you have just in the last three minutes, talk me into like now. Yes, he is. He is the answer to all of our problems. Trey Jones. <laughs> give me, give me Trey Jones. No. Um, okay. I I really do want to go through. Oh, wait, we have, hold on before we get to our last scenario. 
Um, the final question from um, Trey, Troy, Troy? Uh, Tyler. Tyler. There you go. It was something. Yeah. Um, James Dolan, Charles Oakley, Spike Lee, and Ron Baker enter a cage match. Who comes out as the winner? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure why James Dolan or Spike Lee are are in the question. I mean, can James Dolan like bring his bodyguards? Um, I like. I'm, I'm staying out of this one because I'd still like to be hired by the Knicks. Okay, so um, <laughs> I'm just going to eliminate Dolan and Spike as possibilities. Um, Charles Oakley and Ron Baker. I. I'm going with Baker. I Oof. I I think Baker is resourceful enough that he'll, <laughs> I don't know, maybe he'll sneak in like a, a shiv or something like that, and I think he'll get the job done. Um, and I, I say that fully cognizant of the fact that Charles Oakley was once the most feared man in the NBA. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't count Oak out. Um, okay, before before we get out of here, uh, Okongwu, I, I don't, I really don't see this happening. I just can't fathom a team with this many needs, this desperate for a point guard, who they fully believe in. Because I don't think there's any scenario where they're going to be like, yes, we want to invest all of our resources in making Frank the point guard of the future here. Um, I, I don't see a scenario where they end up with Okongwu with their first pick, but like. I don't know if somehow they fell to eight um, and like Cole was off, the, Cole Anthony was off the board and like Hayes was off the board and like Belt Ball was off the board and Denny's off. Like maybe. Um, I, I guess in that scenario, would like Trey Jones still, Trey Jones would still probably be the target for one of those later picks, right? Um, or is there? Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess, like, I feel like Allison's passing just kind of sets him apart again. Like, just Trey's he's Trey's a smart passer. I don't really think he's like I don't think his vision's anything special. I don't really think he's great in the pick and roll. Uh, he makes good reads, but it's like Allison's ability to just kind of see everywhere on the court to make some unbelievable reads. Like, you're really high on this kid. Watching him, I really think he's going to be very, very good, or at least like. Maybe not very, very good, but I think he will easily outplay his draft slot. And I think there will be, you know, 29 teams that are going to be like, oh, crap, we could have picked him. Do me a favor. When I when I tweet out the link to this episode, uh, one of us has to remember to uh, include the your scouting report for him because it was right. I despite your skepticism, I did read it, enjoy it very much. It's it's good. And it 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 clearly paints a picture of of a kid who, as you're talking about might be very good at some point um i mean just kind of like thinking what would be interesting um like if you get allison in the 30s and that poku somehow falls if you have allison at the one if you have a strong three and d guy at the two you have rj at the three then you have poku at the four and okongu at the five you have um allison who's a great passer. You have RJ, who's a good passer. Poku's a great passer for a size. And Okongwu has potential maybe to be a good passer. So you could have three, you know, good plus passers, one potentially good passer. And then whoever you slot in at the two, like be it Frank or, um, I mean, I probably want someone with a little bit more shooting gravity, but that, that could be fun. Be a I lot so, of fun. I so badly want... Uh, yeah. The team you just described, the team that like whizzes the ball around, even if it's not going in, even if it looks like shit sometimes, just the team that goes out there and makes an effort to do that, which is why like I, I don't know if they end up with one of these point guards or Denny, I feel like I'm going to be happy. But I, oh god, I really do want Denny. I'm starting to I, amazing. I don't know. I did not think I would get to the point where I'm like talking myself <laughs> into wanting this kid, but I feel like that happens. Just like the more you watch them and the more you kind of sell yourself on on them. Like I, I've done it before also. It happens to me like literally every single time I sit down and I watch X amount of games. I'm like, he's he's good. Then I go into the actual synergy stuff. I'm like, like just seeing everything kind of laid out, like watching all this pick and roll passage. You're like, oh crap, he's actually way more skilled than he's shown. Like Akoro, he, he was someone who really jumped out, especially with the passing. 
Yeah, no, I, I it, it, again, Okoro, I, I think from what the little bit that I've seen, I, I like him too. I, well, whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, we're going to have lots more time, of course, to uh, think about this, to tweet about it, to um, talk about it. Um, Spencer Perlman, it is always just to say it's a pleasure doesn't begin to, to you know, encapsulate my feelings on on talking draft with you. Uh, anything you want to say before we get the hell out of here? Uh, stay safe. Stay, like, don't endanger everyone else. Just, you know, with the COVID-19, just wash your hands. Remember, even if you don't feel anything, you might have it. So, oh, wait a minute. Go near other people. I, I, I know what I wanted to run by you. Um, so you're, you're engaged to be married. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I had this thought as I was finishing up my run yesterday and I, I I don't, I don't know whether this situation applies to you and you, you're probably not going to want to offer whether it does or doesn't, but this was the thought that I had. If you were someone from like a very conservative upbringing or conservative state and you had a wedding scheduled for like next week or two weeks from now and you had to cancel the wedding um, or postpone the wedding indefinitely and your bride to be was withholding her. Her. Special flower until the wedding night. Jesus Christ. Do you think. How many men in that situation do you think would be like once the once the original wedding night w wedding date came like that night would be like we were supposed to get married today you know you want to just I this is that this is this is what I I don't know what you think about when you go running this is the thought that I had amidst amidst the COVID-19 um crisis and I just I, I mean, was thinking today what today it was don't fall don't fall don't fall oh shit one of my head when my earbuds just shorted out now i have 20 minutes left don't fall don't fall so okay so you have yeah. random thoughts too yeah okay i i'd like to think that, uh i mean uh, yeah i don't know i, I don't I, know I, either I, yeah. I i would probably i would probably i'd probably be patient i think i mean i, I definitely would be like personally i would um i would really encourage everyone else in the same situation to be also but well you're I mean, not forcing yourself on, on the poor girl you're just it's a you're, you're it's it's a yeah. it's a conversation it's like yeah hey. it's like hey what's up that's all it's just a little hey what's up so. yeah that was, that was my thought i'm sure i'll have more deep thoughts the next time i record on one of these things all right um I'm, i have to go hop on locked on nicks now and talk about um a team that's not going to play basketball probably again until uh, okay. fucking Christmas. Oh, oh God. What are we going to do? That's depressing. It really is, but it's, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Spencer, enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> you too. Stay safe, man. <laughs> Later. Later.